Yo, welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. We are here for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution, the code of breaking news, culture, and warfare. We will be here. Well, I already said that part. Anyways, I'm so hyped for today's show because I think something that we anticipated for quite a while is manifesting. It's, it's coming into actuality, right? Which is, I think this was inevitable, right? And we will actually go through some documents that were released by the U.S. Treasury and they were released by the U.S. Treasury because of this exec executive order that was released by the Biden administration. And we're going to get into it. And basically, um, it's inevitable that governments are going to go after stable coins. Why? Because obviously they would want people using money that's in their system, uh, of which they can control, they can censor. And stable coins are inherently centralized, right? This is why we focus so much on Bitcoin. Bitcoin, because of its actual decentralization, unlike Ethereum, um, it's the only thing that could sufficiently and potentially resist the onslaught from the attempt of the state to try to co-opt it, right? To try to morph it into the existing exclusive financial system that we have today, the financial system where... If you happen to be born in a certain country, you are not allowed to interact with, with the world economy, right? This exclusive system where Bitcoin is this inclusive system. We also have a very special guest from our friends over at the one and only Bitcoin magazine. We have Chris Smith, and he's going to talk about the upcoming Bitcoin 2023 conference in Miami Beach, Florida. If you guys don't know, it is the largest Bitcoin conference in the world. It's always a party. It's a celebration. They had a volcano last year. They had an art gallery that the riding the bull. You had Michael Saylor just like walking around the conference. Your chance to op your, it's your chance and opportunity to to interact potentially with some of these uh, Bitcoin legends. So really, really looking forward to it. Also happens to be in my hometown, only 15 minutes away. So I like that. I don't have to travel. So really looking forward to that as well. And we're going to be bringing um, another member of Bitcoin Magazine in a week or so to, to talk about the conference as well. You guys should definitely try to make it. Get your tickets now. Anyways, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. How you doing, bro? Yeah, doing well, Nico. Thanks for having me on. Uh, great to be a part of the Simply Bitcoin family. Yeah, man, absolutely. And of course, my legendary co-host, always optimistic. Are you optimistic today, Opti? Are you well, nihilistic? I, I think no. I I I can never be nihilistic. Fields. That's that. He's in the chat. Actually, he's got a new name. Uh, but I I won't ruin it for you yet, Nico. We'll probably pull up. <laughs> score and the meme review score uh man I'm, it's good it's good to be here you know shouts out to everyone out there and you know let's just get into it nico this is a good day let's let's just jump right in bro hello we're everyone we're here we're, hello we're, world we're ripping the band-aid we're going straight in all right everybody let's get to numbers let's do this the bitcoin numbers Brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. Guys, like I already told you, you don't want to miss Bitcoin 2023. It's from May 18th through the 20th, 2023 in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida. You can use the promo code SIMPLY to get a major discount on your tickets. Let's check out some of the speakers because it's going to be absolutely bonkers. We have Matt O'Dell, Lynn Alden, Stacey Herbert, Alex Gladstein, Jack Maulers, the Chad, Michael Saylor, Corey Clipston, Arthur Hayes, and many, many more. You definitely don't want to miss this Bitcoin celebration. Anyways, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 23,865. Sats per dollar is 4,190. Block height, 777,988. 777, Reachable Bitcoin nodes, 15,546. Blocks to the halving, 62,012. Having estimate April 22nd, 2024, total Lightning Network capacity, 5,370 Bitcoin capacity value, 128 million U.S. dollars. Realized monetary inflation, 
1.76%. And the market capitalization of Bitcoin, $460 billion with a B. Anyways, what I wanted to talk about today, this is, uh, this is sometimes reality is kind of stranger than fiction. Um, this is crazy. So this is Tom Emmer. He is a member of the House of Representatives. And he introduced an anti-central bank digital currency, specifically CBDC Anti-Surveillance Act to halt efforts of unelected bureaucrats. And where have you heard that before? <laughs> unelected elites, bureaucrats controlling you through controlling the money. Heard that before. It sounds familiar. Is Tom Emmer watching Simply Bitcoin? Nah, probably not. But I I'm glad that there's other people that are thinking about the potential catastrophe of central bank digital currencies and the godlike tyrannical powers that is going to give unelected bureaucrats and how those unelected bureaucrats could potentially use those powers to control people. We played you the video of a member of the Canadian government, Christina Friedland. She was the one that initially made the announcement that they're going to freeze people's bank accounts. Do you really want those people to have access, just, just you know, flick of a switch to freeze your account? Do you really want that? So I'm glad that this is happening. Let's take a look at some of the language in this bill. Obviously, it's in 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 uh, billies, in 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 legalese, billies. Um, so uh, I'll try my best. That being said, a bill to amend the Federal Reserve Act to prohibit the Federal Reserve banks from offering certain products or services directly to an individual and to prohibit the use of central bank digital currency for monetary policy and for other purposes. Goes on to say, this act may be cited as the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act. Goes on to say, prohibition of Federal Reserve Bank Reserve uh relating to certain products or services for individuals. Section 13 of the Federal Reserve Act is amended by adding at the end, except as specifically authorized under the act, a Federal Reserve Bank may not offer products or services directly to an individual, maintain an account on behalf of an individual, or issue central bank digital currency directly to an individual. And let's move on to some of the reactions by other members of government to uh, to this propose, of course, the probability of this passing is very low, right? But at least, uh, and then also another thing that I want to mention is think of this as like a pre preemptive measure, right? Mississippi, when they put it in law, it would allow individuals to mine Bitcoin. Wyoming, specifically protecting individuals' private keys, right? Those are all preemptive. I think everyone kind of sees the writing on the wall. Right. Uh, you know, Michael Saylor in the famous uh, Atlas Gala speech, he said, I want to be a winner. I don't want to be a martyr. Of course, Corey Clipson with his very famous piece, The Race to Avoid the War. I think we're all seeing here. I think we are all seeing the, the writing on the wall. And I think that these types of bills and, and shout out to Warren Davidson as well. I know he's 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 been part of that. Cynthia Lummis as well. You know, the right to self-custody is another thing. The right to self-custody. That's so crazy. Right. The right to self-custody your money like that is nuts. Right. But I mean, you know, this is this is this is the separation of money and state. This is why we say it in the beginning of the show. This is what it's all about. Anyways, goes on to say proud to join forces with uh, GOP majority whip on leagues to keep the Fed from issuing a central bank digital currency. The Fed should be focused on its core mission of stable prices and max employment, not tracking our transactions indefinitely. Now, you know. That's a start. Obviously, I don't want central planning altogether. I think human beings should be completely out of the monetary policy, right? I'm a big fan of free markets. Anyways, also response uh, by uh, Andy Biggs. He says, grateful to join this effort. These unelected bureaucrats are driving us to an authoritarian state. That can happen. And I think central bank digital currencies are really, really the cherry on top. I think it is every tyrant's wet dream. Um, and again, you know, we are apolitical on this show. We don't lean left. We, we, we don't lean right. We lean Bitcoin. But one of the things that Mark Moss and Svetsky wrote in the book, The uh, Uncommunist Manifesto, in, on Simply Bitcoin, we frame it individualist versus collectivist. Um, in that, one of the tenets of a certain collectivist ideology was the necessity of a central bank. Right. So 
you know, not fan of central banks. I think Bitcoin's monetary policy is better. I think the fact that we know what the what the supply of Bitcoin will always be, we know what the issuance of Bitcoin is always going to be, is a better alternative to what they have to offer. And I think that central banking has had catastrophic results, specifically to the younger generations. Like if you're under the age of 35, you probably don't own anything. Right. And that is the result of the Cantillion effect. That is a result of the, the wealth redistribution mechanism caused by fiat currencies. Every time they print money, it takes from the lower and middle classes that don't have the means to save in assets and it redistributes it back to the government and back to the very, very wealthy that do have the means to, to, to save in assets. And that is why the rich get richer and the poor get poor. It is literally because we have broken money. So this is a really good, and I know I went on a little bit of a rant there, but this is a good step. I'm glad that this is being talked about in the halls of Congress. Let's see where this goes. More eyeballs to it. Remember, there's two opposing forces. We had the Elizabeth Warren bill as, as well. You have that side and then you have the other side, man. Holy cow, is this going to be a battle, but we'll be here to cover it for you guys. And of course, our friends over at Bitcoin Magazine. Anyways, Chris, what are your thoughts on all of this, bro? What is going on in your eyes? You're, I actually picked up this tweet from um, from the Bitcoin Magazine uh, Twitter timeline. Shout out to Nick holding it down over there. The best in the business. Um, so what are your thoughts on this, bro? Yeah, yeah. Tom, he's been doing great work in the light of Bitcoin in the last couple of years. Um, and it's really good to see uh, members of Congress and not only him, but all the members of Congress that actually commented on his bill. Um, in support of his bill. Um, and this is just a start, but also part of me thinks that, well, are we coping here, right? Um, are we trying to find a middle ground? Are we, are, are we trying to say, okay, well, you can have your CBDC, um, but it can't do this or it can't do that. And ultimately we as Bitcoiners, I believe that we should completely reject the CBDC. The CBDC in and of itself has no ability to even exist without um, an invasion of privacy, an invasion of monetary right. So I think this absolutely is a step in the right direction. And it's awesome to see uh, members of our leadership talk about this. But we shouldn't just settle with this one bill, right? We should keep pushing them forward and keep pushing them towards Bitcoin, which ultimately, as all three of us know, and many in the audience know, would be the ultimate form of self-sovereignty, uh, freedom money, um, and really where we want to where we want to get to. Um, but all in all, I think it's great. This is great progress. And of course, anything that goes against what um, Nancy Pelosi has to say and Elizabeth Warren has to say, I'd be a fan of. <laughs> Absolutely, man. The the oh, man, the 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 status, to put it nicely, they, they want to force you to use the money that steals from you. It, it's crazy. And we, we, we must have we must keep hammering that point home. You know, um, anyways, Opti, what's your take on this? And then we'll we'll get to the news. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, love what Chris said. Couldn't agree more. Uh, but I think those tweets that you brought up, uh, they're they're really eye opening, like there's still some decent politicians out there, it seems, you know, I, I know I take like a very negative perspective when it comes to politicians. I don't trust them at all. Uh, but I think, like Nico said, this is a good sign. And it kind of reminds me of what Pierre Rochard said on an IRL. And it's it's back to this idea that many politicians think just like us Bitcoiners and they're seeing exactly what we're seeing. And I mean, they even use like the same uh, meme that we talk about on the show all the time, unelected bureaucrats. Like we say that what, like every single day, Nico. So like, I think it's uh, important to remember that politicians are still human. At least I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're still human. Uh, and there is a loud, small minority that wants to take your freedom and is against Bitcoin. But a lot of people are seeing the writing on the wall and understand that, hey, uh, is this the country that I want to live in going straight you know, headfirst into some sort, some form of like dystopian authoritarian tyranny. Like I, I think people with a brain still realize like this is not the future in the world that we want to live in for ourselves or our children. So I think there still is some good politicians out there that want to do good, that that understand that they do work for the population and the people. And they have taken that oath and actually believe in that oath versus people that are, you know, incentivized to lie, steal and cheat like a lot of other ones. Uh, but anyways, to my to wrap this up, I think the and I might have confirmation bias here, but 
it's starting to feel like the political tide around Bitcoin is turning. Again, it's back to this idea that like, I know there's a loud vocal minority against Bitcoin, but I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just seeing too too much into this, but it does seem like we are starting to get some not only political favor, but like uh, mainstream cultural favor. Like people are starting to wake up and, and being a little more open to Bitcoin. So, hey, I think all the stuff we've seen last week in regards to the different states pushing bills to make sure that you know, taking Bitcoin into self-custody isn't illegal and running a node is is something that you're, you know, quote unquote, allowed to do. And now we get this bill basically anti-CBDC. So it's starting to see, at least in my opinion, I'm starting to see that maybe we are starting to get some political favor out there and we won't necessarily have to uh, run and hide in El Salvador, Nico. So I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed. Let's let's hope that America embraces um Bitcoin because that's better for everyone. And someone actually made a really good comment on that CBDC post yesterday. It's it was something on the lines of if America if America stops CBDCs then the rest of the world will follow. So it's very interesting. I like Nico said, I know that this bill might not pass. It's it's probably slim uh slim chances, but if we shut down a CBDC in America, then it's not looking for not looking good for CBDCs around the world. So let's go. Let's go. All right, man. Well, let's get to the news, guys. We have a lot to talk about. Let's check it out. The Daily News. Brought to you by Blockstream Jade, built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air-gapped Bitcoin transactions. Scan and display QR codes directly on the device to sign transactions and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as the Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, and Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self-custody of your Bitcoin. All right, guys, so connect this with what we were talking about during the numbers. The next target, I believe, for you know the U.S. government specifically, and I think they, they needed the FTX debacle as ammunition. Um, so they did a bunch of things, right? The Caitlin Long's, uh, you know, crypto Bitcoin bank in Wyoming that was taking advantage of the Wyoming legislation, shout out to Cynthia Lummis, um, was denied a federal banking charter. They slow walked her for a while. Initially, those uh, applications take two weeks to approve. They, they move the goalposts, they change the regulations. She got into a lawsuit. We're going to try to get her on the show to talk about it. But you know, there's a shadow war. And I don't think that this is a, a a popular, a very popular issue specifically for the younger generation, the younger generations that have a large portion of their net worth in, in Bitcoin, right? So this is a great piece by Nick Carter. We've covered it many times on the show, but it just kind of gives you a context, right? Because I want to give you a context because if you just look at all these individual pieces of news on the surface, it doesn't paint the broader picture. Um, I really believe that they're trying to capture stable coins. I think that they want people using central bank digital currencies. Like that's what this is about, right? Is stable coins are dangerous. Stable coins are unregulated. Stable coins aren't backed by anything. So therefore, the what we need are central bank digital currencies. I'm going to make the case for that today. But first, let let me because it kind of uh, it, it sets the tone. So Nick Carter goes on to say, what began as a trickle is now a flood. The U.S. government is using the banking sector to organize a sophisticated, widespread crackdown against the Bitcoin and shitcoin industry. And the administration's efforts are no secret. They're expressed plainly in memos, regulatory guidelines and blog posts. However, the breadth of this plan, spanning virtually every financial regulator, as well as its highly, its highly coordinated nature, has even the most steely-eyed crypto veterans nervous that the crypto businesses might end up completely unbanked, stable coins may be stranded, and unable to manage flows in and out of crypto, and exchanges might be shut off from the banking system entirely. That being said, so let's focus on stablecoins today because we've covered that in the past. Um, so this is an article from Yahoo News. Stablecoins won't meet global standards, warns Financial Stability Board. I would say to that, fiat currencies and central bankings are a bigger risk to financial stability. Anyways, 
So let's move on to our friend, which we covered on yesterday's episode, Augustin Carson. Uh, Bank of International sent uh, set of Bank of International Settlements general manager cast doubts on stablecoins, claiming tokens do not benefit from regulations or central planning. Uh, you know, have no shame, right? Central planning for the win. Central, central planning is the way to go, even though history has shown the opposite. And now this is the article that I wanted to touch on today. It's an article from the Wall Street Journal. Stablecoins attract scrutiny and SEC's drive to control crypto. Now, is it really about the protection of the consumer? Is it really about stablecoins are dangerous? People shouldn't use stablecoins. Because I'll tell you what, guys, we are a Bitcoin channel. But some of the most popular cryptocurrencies that are being used in countries with tremendously high inflation. I think it's an educational issue. I think stablecoins provide a false sense of financial sovereignty, but people are still using that in countries like Argentina, countries like Venezuela, and they're using that as an alternative to their local currencies, right? But it doesn't matter. I think this is about really controlling the money, right? And I think that stablecoins present an obstacle for governments to do just that, right? They, they don't want that to happen. They want to control it. And then, of course, there's Bitcoin. But I think this goes to show, I think this is a great example of the importance of a decentralized cryptocurrency, Bitcoin being the only one, because if it's not decentralized, it will inevitably be co-opted. And I think stable coins are next. Ethereum has already been done so. The vast majority of Ethereum validators are already actively censoring for the Office of Foreign Asset Control, which is a part of the U.S. Treasury. Anyways, the article goes on to say, Washington's battle to rein in crypto has a new front, stablecoins. The SEC is investigating whether stablecoin cryptocurrencies that maintain a price of a dollar are among the products that were issued in violation of investor protection laws. SEC enforcement lawyers have told Paxos Trust Co. that regulators plan to take enforcement action over its stablecoin. An SEC lawsuit over BUSD, the third largest stablecoin by market value, would be a significant jolt to an industry that has suffered a series of shocks in recent weeks. After the failure of crypto exchange FTX, the SEC has already cut off the ability of some crypto middlemen to offer lending services that give crypto investors a way to earn interest by lending out their tokens. A lawsuit over stablecoins might not be easy for the SEC to win, according to securities lawyers, because stablecoins users don't expect profits from owning the tokens. That motivation is one of the crucial prongs of a 1946 Supreme Court test known as Howie that regulators use to spot which cryptocurrencies are securities. And I think that paragraph right there is the key. That, that paragraph right there, right? So if they're not considered securities, why are they still going after them? Well, we'll get to that in a second. Anyways, goes on to say, in a classic stablecoin, the profit is kept by the house. Um, regulators are well within their jurisdiction to look under the hood, right? Again, kind of very similar to what was happening with Caitlin Long, Custodia Bank, moving the goalpost. Anyways, goes on to say, another possible complication for any SEC cases, the Commodities Future Trading Commission and the New York State Department of Financial Services have labeled Tether and BUSD as virtual currencies. That doesn't mean the SEC can't allege they are securities, according to lawyers, but it muddles the waters and shows the difficulty of deciding which laws apply. Coinbase Global Inc. has disclosed the SEC also investigating its stablecoin product, Coinbase maintains a partnership on the operation of USDC, the second largest stablecoin with Circle Internet Financial Ltd. Circle has also has disclosed it faces an SEC investigation. A Circle spokesman declined to comment on the probe's focus or status. So keep in mind of Tom Emmer's uh, or, or Andy Biggs language here, unelected bureaucrats, right? Are, is this Congress doing this? No, it's a government agency, right? Very, 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 very slippery slope we're heading, but I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture and it just becomes more and more obvious. Now, I think here is really the, the smoking gun. Um, this was a paper called The Future of Money and Payments, and it was a paper released by the U.S. Treasury. We've covered it many times on this show. In this paper, they talk about central bank digital currencies, payment platforms, and stable coins. In a paper called The Future of Money and Payments, 
they don't mention Bitcoin. And why don't they mention Bitcoin? The reason they don't mention Bitcoin is in their definition, money has to have inflation. They cannot admit to money not having inflation because if they admit to that, they can't deficit spend. The U.S. government spends, the last time I checked, it was more than a trillion dollars and they collect in tax revenue every single year. And the way that they're able to do that is by having a money printer. So that's why they can't justify the existence or even acknowledge potentially Bitcoin being money because it, you know, it, it kind of reveals the scheme, the scam. Anyways, so let's get through some of this. This is a policy considerations. The section reviews policy considerations related to the introduction of CBDCs. And it goes on, building the future of money and payments. The future system of money and payments should be efficient, uh, supporting U.S. global financial leadership, advancing financial inclusion and equity. Well, guess what, guys? Bitcoin is a lot more inclusive and a lot more equitable than a system that doesn't allow you to use it based on where you happen to be born in or what the color of your skin is or whether you happen to live in a country that has a certain religion. That is, that is their system. So this is BS. They're using framing. They're using language that I disagree with. Bitcoin is the most inclusive, equitable money the world has ever seen. Doesn't care where you are from. Doesn't care where you're born in. You have the ability to not own, own Bitcoin, but you also have the ability to create more Bitcoin yourself if you're willing to spend the electricity to mine it. You can't create dollars. You go to jail. Anyways, so just leaving that question for you guys. Now, let's talk about how they bash stable coins and they mention uh, they, they mention as they mention that central bank digital currencies are the solution. So in this paragraph, it says the speed and efficiency of stable coins relative to CBDCs will depend largely on the stable coin system for transferring ownership. As discussed in section two, stable coins rely on a variety of different intermediaries and ledger systems. Certain features may make stablecoins prone to congestion and high and unpredictable transaction fees further, if not subject to appropriate regulation and oversight, stablecoins present other risks, including the risks of runs. So you get what you get where I'm going with this, right? In their own memos, exactly what Nick Carter was mentioning here, right? He was mentioning to, to quote him, he says, we begin as a trickle is now a flood. The U.S. government is using the banking sector to organize the banking sector to organize a sophisticated, widespread crackdown against the crypto industry, and the administrative's efforts are no secret. They're expressed plainly in memos. There you go. Stable coins. They're not stable. They prevent they prevent risks. There's no oversight. There's no regulation. But we have a solution. A central bank digital currency would provide a foundation for further innovations and in payments by providing a safe asset from a trusted source that can be used reliably, reliably in digital context. All that being said, now does it make sense why the SEC is doing these types of moves? Anyways, all you have to do is you look under the hood. The answers are all there. They're not playing fair. And they're using the guise of the climate. They're using the guise of equity and inclusion. And they're using the guise of, you need the regulators to help us. Well, guess what, guys? No banker went to jail for 2008. The rich got richer and the poor got poorer. What about that? Why didn't you guys do that? How about all the warnings about FTX? Why didn't you guys step in sooner? Huh? You guys didn't say anything about that. You guys are more interested in protecting your own moats than you are interested in protecting the American people. And that's what it's about. And you know what? Bitcoin exposes all incentives and this is no different. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts, bro? Give Nico some horns for that one. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to take a different, a uh, little different angle. Uh, obviously, stable coins are wrecked. And uh, as a Bitcoin show, as a Bitcoiner, this is just like more proof. Uh, and how much more proof do you need that you should only be holding Bitcoin? Uh, as Nico laid it out, you know, like it's very obvious what is going on uh once you're paying attention but you know i'm a bitcoiner like sats are my stable coin uh and i'm gonna double down on what you said you know stable coins 
give people a false sense of safety. Like they're only stable till they're not. Like I kind of agree with that little point that they're saying there, you know, but I think it's hilarious that of course they angle this as CBDCs are the answer to all of this when it's just like, uh, just the amazing amount of double speak coming out from uh, that, the, you know, the U S government and politicians and bankers and stuff about Bitcoin. And, and like Nico said in the past, man, every time, they omit Bitcoin from their research papers. Like that's pure signal. They they can't talk about Bitcoin because Bitcoin blows everything out of the water. So you know, as a Bitcoiner, uh, unaffected. You know, Bitcoiners stay winning. Our incentives are still pure. Uh, just take your Bitcoin into self custody, and all of this is just us watching the popcorn. But man, I would not want to be holding shit coins nor stable coins at this point in time because it seems like we're going to see a lot more fireworks in that arena coming up in this this year, 2023. So, hey, man, uh, hold Bitcoin and take it into self-custody and you can avoid all this. Absolutely. Chris, what's your take on this, bro? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack for sure. Um, one thing that I find very interesting is just the idea of the post-Keynesian economist. Um, and when you really dive deep into who these people are, um, they're not very, um, I guess, discreet about saying that they're Keynesian economists. If you actually look at their Wikipedias or even sometimes their Twitter bios, it's one of the first things you read. Uh, my name is Jay Powell and I'm a Keynesian economist. My name is Christine Lagarde and I identify with the camp of Keynesian economists. Um, and this is very important to note because of what Keynesian economists actually study and the difference between the Keynesian camp and the Austrian camp. Um, and when you look at Bitcoin and the hard money supply and the set supply and the actual proof of work function, um, there's a big difference in that it does not identify with the ways and the teaching of um, Keynesian economists. It actually is the complete opposite. Um, and this ultimately promotes financial freedom. And that is not something that um, these people who are producing these papers and these research bundles actually want for the world. Um, because if that were to be implemented, if that were to be accepted by society, um, then ultimately they would be the ones that would fall at the forefront um, and they would be the ones that ultimately receive the most pain from that. So it does not surprise me at all that they never mentioned Bitcoin. Why would they? Um, but it's not our job to convince Jay Powell or any of the Keynesian economists to become Austrian economists or to start accepting Bitcoin. It's our job to reject them entirely. It is a cold shoulder. It is shutting them out. It, it is not validating their, their tyranny. It is not validating them being the, the keepers of the money, um, the keepers of the power, the keepers of the world. Um, that day and age, in my opinion, is long gone. Um, and the Bitcoiners, the Bitcoiners are soon realizing that. Many have realized that. And I believe that many will soon to realize that um, up and to the right, as I say, um, it's going to be a long journey to actually get there. Um, and we've only gotten started. But yeah, um, papers like this, like Opti said, they make me bullish. They, they, they produce real signal um, because there's many hardworking grassroots people that are realizing the truth and realizing that this system is rigged. It's absolutely rigged to the core front, um, to the bones that what it is, it is built off an idea that is destined to fail time and time again. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. Um, would love to unpack it even more. Absolutely. All right, everybody, let's get to the, let's get to the culture. I can't wait. Can't wait to talk about the Bitcoin conference. Let's do it. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, everybody. Yes, yes, this is a Bitcoin conference. I'm not even kidding. That is from the Bitcoin conference. <laughs> that was Steve Aoki hyping the crowd. Man, um, I don't think people know that, bro. There's a, there's a musical element to that as well, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I was there. I remember when that happened. Um, shortly after, he decided to go and grab some cakes and just absolutely cake people in the crowd. So, so that was super fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a huge cultural element to our conference from music to art. Um, with Bitcoin comes culture, obviously. Um, and we can't reject the culture side. So there's lots to do with culture. Um, there, there's many activations for whichever kind of interest is yours. Absolutely. Let's go. Uh, man, well, I was telling Chris off, off, uh, off screen before the show, uh, it's amazing how quickly the conference has uh, sprung up on all of us. Where what, I think Chris said 80 days away from the conference. So we'll be seeing you guys in Miami. But um, we had Chris on the other day, and he kind of dropped some sauce on us about what to uh, what to be excited about at the conference. So, what what can you add on this, uh, Chris? Uh, what what uh what should the people be focused on? What 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 experiences are we going to see this year? Is it going to be as big as last year? These are the questions people want to know. Yeah, eighty four days away to be exact. Um, it's right around the corner. Um, the team is really in gear to prepare for this conference and we're really excited to host everyone in miami again um let's admit it though we're in a bear market um everybody knows that we're in a bear market um and that is actually beautiful about bitcoin that we're not just in this hype mania phase that we have these years to build as a community um so it's going to be very focused around that around the bear market around the bitcoiners that have stuck around um and are not just here for the hype that are not just here for the CNN articles, um, for the ones that are really here for Bitcoin and the long-term success of it. Um, and that is kind of what we're gearing our conference around. And um, it's gonna be a lot of signal, a lot of great panels that our programming team has put together, um, a lot of great speakers that have come in as well. Um, a few of the speakers, you know, you have your usual suspects, your Michael Saylors, your Alex Gladsteins, your Jack Maulers. Um, and those will be great. And I'm very excited to hear what they have to say again. Um, but there's also some new faces this year. Um, one of those being Michael Lewis. Um, and he's one of the ones that I'm actually the most excited about. Um, Michael Lewis, if you don't know, he's a best-selling author of The Big Short, The Blind Side, Moneyball. Um, some of our favorite books that, that we've all read as kids. Um, I myself was a finance major, so I was very in tune with Michael Lewis and his work um, kind of going through school and and um, to hear that he's actually a Bitcoiner is pretty awesome. Um, so if you're not in tune with what Michael Lewis has been doing lately, um, you probably should be, especially if you're a Bitcoiner, um, because he has come out full-fledged against this FTX debacle. Um, and it's going to be very interesting kind of how he frames it and what he talks about at the conference. Um, it, I, you just need to go to see it, uh, make sure you're at that chat. Uh, because Michael Lewis, man, he's going to bring some heat um, and he's going to really, really, um, well, we'll leave it at that. He'll be talking about FTX. Um, I, I won't say anything further, but that's going to be a really good one. That's the one I'm most excited for. Let's go. Let's go. Look, Nico's posting all these crazy clips about last year's conference. Uh, are we going to be in to uh, like another another art gallery? Like we got the open bazaar, Bitcoin bazaar there. Are we doing the same thing this year? Are we going to have, you know, more art, more festivals, more things you can buy with Bitcoin? Like what's what's going on here? Yeah, so there's two things that we're going to be doing. Um, these are separate things, the art gallery um, and the Bitcoin Bazaar. The art gallery, we're actually doubling down this year. Um, art is such a huge aspect of our conference and of Bitcoin in general. Um, we have an art director. Um, his name is Dennis, and he, he is really, really in the weeds, man. Um, Dennis is awesome. He, he's connected with every Bitcoin artist there possibly is from from old counterparty to even new inscriptions. Um, so there, there's gonna be a lot to say um, and a lot to see um, within our art gallery. We're also going to be doing the Bitcoin Bazaar. Um, and if you don't know what the Bazaar is, it's actually all, it's hundreds of companies that are coming and they're offering their products and their services in exchange for Bitcoin. Um, so our goal is that once you step on site in Miami, 
You don't have to spend your dirty fiat. You don't have to bring your dirty fiat. Leave it at home. Leave it for the bank. Don't bring it at all. Bring your Bitcoin. Bring your sats and enjoy actually using Bitcoin as money. Um, there's some beauty in that, man. And, and I really believe it. Um, being able to exchange from person to person, face to face, looking at them, smiling at them, um, being involved in that community and exchanging sats for goods. Um, man, if you haven't done it, you need to. Um, there, there's something beautiful about it. Let's go. Can can confirm. It's a totally different thing when you're face to face with someone. <laughs> Oh, whoa. <laughs> I, had the, I had the volume enabled on that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what can, uh, what can our, <clears throat> our audience do? Can they get involved? Is, can artists still, you know, try to submit artwork to the art gallery or like, is it too late? Cause we are oh. only 84 days away. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, we're still taking applications for just about everything. Um, if you want to be a speaker, I know our lineup is getting full, but um, if you go to b.tc slash conference slash contact, make sure to send us a message and kind of where you want to be involved. Um, one thing I will say that we're doing new this year um, is something we are referring to as the Bitcoin games. Um, if you're not sure what the Bitcoin games is, Nico, maybe if you want to pull it up, um, it's under experience. Um, essentially, around the world, there's a ton of Bitcoin only meetups. Um, people that have organized these meetups that are focused on expanding and enhancing grassroots local community um, to focus and educate people on Bitcoin, the properties of Bitcoin, and ultimately create new Bitcoiners. Um, so we've organized what we like to call the Bitcoin games. Um, this is going to be the trial run this year. Um, and we actually already have over 30, I believe, meetups from all around the world that have signed up to participate in the Bitcoin games. The winner is going to win one Bitcoin to bring back to their meetup in order to enhance their meetup, build their meetup, get new people to their meetup. So if you haven't signed up uh, for the conference and kind of want a way to plug yourself in, uh, first ask yourself, am I a part of a meetup? Um, if you're not, I highly suggest you kind of plug yourself into your local community um, and learn which Bitcoiners are in your area. Um, and, and then also if they're not a part of the Bitcoin games, get them to be a part of the Bitcoin games. Um, you only need four people in your meetup to be able to be a qualifying meetup. Um, so, so usually you can find four people that are, that are willing to come participate and the prize is the prize is worth it. You know, one Bitcoin is a lot that, um, and that's enough to, to really make a difference in a meetup, um, and, and really drive home drive home kind of kind of the underlying goals of what we're trying to accomplish so um you'll be competing in a couple of different games bit cornhole chess speed signer a pizza eating competition um and the last competition we have is going to be family feud um hosted by i believe our president mike germano um which if you haven't met or seen anything from mike um, he is very enthusiastic, and that's going to be one of the things that I'm most forward to looking forward to um, at our co upcoming conference. Man, one Bitcoin to play games. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, let's go. Oh, man. Uh, Nico, when are, when are we making a meetup for ourselves, bro? Come on. Come on. Let's get on this. <laughs> It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're, we're going to, we're going to do, you know, probably, probably, you know, a couple days before the, for the Bitcoin conference, we'll do, we'll do the first simply, simply Bitcoin meetup. I've been thinking about some ideas, nothing, nothing set in stone yet, but uh, we'll, we'll have something. We'll have wow, something. Breaking news, soon. breaking news. All right, Chris, well, is there anything else, uh, anything else that we missed in regards to the conference that you want to touch on? Yeah, yeah, just high level. We'd love to have you. Um, one thing that I do want to make known um, at Chris Smith BTC on Twitter, price is not um, a barrier of entry for us. Um, so if you're looking at our conference and you're looking at the tickets um, and, and you say, man, I, I'm not sure if I can afford this this year, shoot me a DM, contact us um, on our contact form. Um, ultimately, we want to spread hyper Bitcoinization to the world. That's our goal, that's our mission. Um, and if there's a barrier of entry of any kind, let us know and we're going to do our best to accommodate you. Um, so all of us, join us in Miami. Um, we'd love to have you. Thanks. Awesome, Let's man. Let's go. Good stuff. Opti, should we do the memes? I think it's time for the memes, Nico. Is it meme time? All right, it's meme time. The Daily Meme Review. 
Brought to you by Kaboom Racks. I get this question all the time. Nico, where should I buy Bitcoin miners? The answer is Kaboom Racks. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin miners. That's where you're going to find the best deals and the best prices. Start your mining utopia today. To check out their racks, you got to go to t.me slash Kaboom Racks. Join their Telegram group and start your mining journey today. Kaboom Racks. Kaboom racks. All right, guys, you already know this is the meme review. This is your favorite portion of the show. You literally sit through Nico's uh, meme or news just to get to the memes. But hey, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> as we say every single day, tweet to the bullets. Memes are the artillery. You guys are in an information war. So continue to make the memes, continue to spread the signal, put truth in art, do what you have to do to get that Bitcoin signal out there. So first and foremost, all right, uh, this one's like a double whammy meme. So shouts out to Alan B. Watts. Uh, he did this quote. And if you guys have seen Goodwill Hunting, then you know this scene. And he, uh, you know, he Bitcoinized it. So the meme is under it. But I really like this quote because uh, it's, it's very fitting. And I didn't even know what Nico was going to cover today. But it, it's even more fitting now. So I quote Alan B. Watts as uh, Matt Damon in goodwill hunting and he goes of course blockchain not bitcoin is your contention you're a cantillionaire whose income derives from the predatory fiat system you just finished reading some central banking propaganda probably augustus carson's op-ed <laughs> next month you'll be talking about the benefits of cbdc's in 15 minute cities then when the fiat system inevitably does collapse you'll blame bitcoin and fly off to your new zealand stronghold meanwhile me and my friends will be building a rock solid foundation for a sound money civilization on top of the bitcoin standard and we got tagged in the meme right here by, by uh, Mr. Splice. The, how do you like them apples? Buy Bitcoin. This is the way, guys. Continue to stack them sats and tell more people to stack them sats. This next one is by at Alejandro BTC. And he goes, opt out of slavery, choose freedom, choose Bitcoin. And this is an upgrade on one of the classic memes of Bitcoiners stepping off of the podium that the politicians are are standing on and once you step off once enough people step off the game crumbles so opt out of slavery choose bitcoin this is the way and then again i didn't know what nico was going to cover today but adam back dropped a meme uh legendary adam back and it's the classic toy stories uh you know they're everywhere, but instead of this one, it's securities. Securities everywhere. This is us Bitcoin. He should have put some laser eyes on Buzz Lightyear. And here's uh, you know, Woody as the shitcoiner, not realizing that there is Bitcoin and then there's a bunch of securities. Okay, this next one. Shouts out to RDBTC and he goes, easy peasy, hashtag Bitcoin, hashtag hodl. And it goes, step one, buy Bitcoin. Step two, hodl. And in it's uh I forget what this cartoon is, but the boy is sitting here. How to stop being a fiat slave. It's easy. Just buy Bitcoin and HODL. Opt out of the madness. And this next one, shouts out to my boy Rope. We got, I don't know what this clip is from. I don't know what movie it is. And Rope's going to make fun of me because I don't know popular culture. Uh, but we got a guy here with laser eyes and he goes, the more you take away from us, the less we have to lose. This is where we're at, guys. They want to they wanna make sure that you own nothing and be happy. So what are we going to do? We're going to own as much Bitcoin as possible and be happy this next one is by cypher hoodlum and it's a quote a topic goes nobody likes working with you and it's me heard about bitcoin and we have i forget what this guy woody harrelson we have woody harrelson with a lollipop just smiling this is who <laughs> this is what you guys all are out there to your co-workers oh man i'm sure we are just a bunch of annoying annoying bitcoiners hey have you heard about bitcoin today uh hey have you heard about bitcoin hey have you heard about bitcoin hey have you heard about bitcoin uh, oh, man. Okay. Okay. So, drop your meme review score in the chat, and we will cover it live. Let me let me see what I got over here. <laughs> How about let's give them these sunglasses? Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give it a a cloud. Oh, filter. if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Chris, what would you give those memes? Yep, I'm gonna give it a little workout tool. Little oh, hand workout. Yeah. Hand workout. Very nice. Very nice. That's a that's a good score. Phenomenal score. Phenomenal score. All right, everybody, before we get to get start reading the live chat scores, I pulled up the wrong one. Guys, check out representltd.com. They make some of the best merch and Bitcoin merch, I might add. Opti model for us, please, my friend. Opti's wearing the simply Bitcoin merch. 
I'm wearing, you know, you guys that, you know, I like the camo. Check out representltd.com. They have a bunch of other cool stuff, Simply Bitcoin merch as well. And you can use the promo code. Look, there's a Simply Bitcoin hat. You can use the promo code simply-bitcoin. Get yourself a major discount. Anything on the representltd.com store. Uh, store. Anyways, Opti, let's pull some of... But first, first, we have to put the dramatic music while we read the scores. Here we go. The P-Man Band. I give the memes a Augustine and Chrissy <laughs> X <laughs> CBDC. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even read it. I didn't even read that one. No, I give the those memes barbecue ribs. What oh, I'm hungry. About? It was an X tape. It's an X yeah. tape. It's it's, an X yeah. Tape. Just an X, like with an X, you know? What are you talking about? Elaine, I give the memes the new meme, the new name for California after or a portion of it secedes from the union. Bitcoinia USA. Okay. Okay. The TCB coin, I give the memes, Bank of International Chief Augustin Carson losing the battle against Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Yo. Mr. Robot, rate the memes, Opti's cup of sober coffee after a BK margaritas <laughs> fountain. What did you do last oh, night, Opti? I didn't do anything. What did you do? <laughs> a Bitcoin Becca, I give the memes, a classic Laser Leota gif. Very nice. Very nice. All right, we got time for two more. Igor, I give the memes an orange pill eating competition. And Opti, one last meme score. I give the memes a Simply Bitcoin meme review score and <laughs> the buzzer. <laughs> All right, guys, also check out the written version of this show. Check out Simply Bitcoin Unfiltered. You got to go to www.simplybitcoin.news. Shout out to our awesome team of writers. There's way too many of you guys now to name. And of course, check out Simply Bitcoin's Telegram group. Go to www.t.me slash TV. And also the audio version of this show. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Fountain. We're a big fan of the value for value economy. Opti reads the Fountain uh, sat things, messages that you guys send us every Friday. We love you all. We really appreciate it. Also want to give another very, 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 very special shout out to Chris Smith with our friends over at Bitcoin Magazine. Thank you guys for all that you do. We love you guys. And Chris, where could people find you online and what are you working on nowadays? Yeah, absolutely. At Chris Smith BTC on Twitter. Pretty simple. Uh, working on the conference. Um, covered it a lot today. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, make sure to check out Code Simply, right? Code Simply. Uh, get your tickets to the conference. Hope to see you guys there. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Guys, the party will go on. We are hosting a Twitter spaces with our friends over at Swan Bitcoin. Best place to stack sats. And we have a su uh, surprise co-host today, Bitcoin Magazine as well. Hope to see you guys in spaces and uh, we'll continue the party all the way till 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love you all. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode. Simply Bitcoin live. 